Well, g'day there and welcome to the Oak City Church podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today for another encouraging message from our Sunday gatherings of Oak City Church. If we can connect with you in any way, please see us at oakcitychurch.com.au or check out our socials online. We hope to see you in person soon. Today, which when we talk about the enemy in the Bible, 
and the devil, whatever you want to call it, the enemy devil, um, it's kind of like that fox. And let me tell you something, that the enemy that comes against us is an opportunist. He will take any opportunity. He'll find the small gaps in our life and go, ha, I'm going to come and devour and kill and destroy. That is his one mission. Um, but what I love about this verse is it shows that God has equipped us with everything we need to fight the battle against the enemy. Um, and I just want to say this one thing is I think that um, in this modern day society that um, the enemy wants you to believe that just because he's invis- invincible, but you can't see him right here, you can see his works, that he's fictional, but he's not fictional. And I think we all know that we've all been, um, we've all experienced pain. I had a pretty rough last couple of weeks of school where I um, get to be walk alongside young people and I've heard some pretty horrendous stories of abuse. I remember at the end of the day I'd just sit there and go, evil just felt like it closes in when you hear that much heavy stuff. Like we've all experienced pain, right? Um, I think the enemy works in our uh, society by trying to turn our gaze upon success, money, power, security, safety, sensibility, rational thinking, sexual immorality. Um, and I actually think he particularly likes to work in the church, with church people, where we consider ourselves a soldier of God, but we're actually living half the story in our own lives. And for a long time, I'm saying this from personal experience, I'm not trying to say this in a judgmental way, humbly say that for a long time I was living the half-truth that Jesus had for my life. I wasn't living in the fullness of Christ's identity. And so I just want to say that I think, and I really have sensed this this week, that there is a message for all of us this morning. I reckon the Spirit of the Lord is calling us, um, and, and there's a challenge here today. I love that God calls us to live in the greatest adventure. Some people think it's boring to become a Christian, but I have found that the complete opposite. Sometimes too much adventure for me. It's like a roller coaster. Um, and I like adventure too. It's costly, but it actually fulfills, following Jesus actually fulfills that deep yearning, that unexplainable place for that purpose. What is my purpose? Why am I here? What is that emptiness? And I tell you what, this is what I have done in the past, um, is that we fill this void for what is my purpose on here on earth with busyness, hurriedness, and we consume, we're consumers. Anything in our path, in our path that distracts us. But I actually think Jesus is saying, put that aside, I've got a real adventure for you. And so we're going to look at the armour of God today. And I'm actually going to pull apart just briefly each piece of the armour because it's a little bit confusing otherwise. And I've really enjoyed learning about this over the past few years. Um, so I'm going to read this verse and then we're going to jump into each piece. A final word, be strong. Where's the muscles? Where's Alan? He's picked up like 20 chairs before. I'm like, sorry, Alan. <laughs> I will pick people out. So. In his mighty power, put on all of God's armour. Don't just put on half. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not, we are not, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Not fighting a physical battle, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty, not wussy, 
powers, mighty powers of this dark world. We've all experienced it. We've all experienced darkness. We've all experienced pain. And it brings us to our knees sometimes. And evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Kind of reminds me of like that Lord of the Rings moment where like Aragorn, do you guys know what it is? Some of you here. But when he kind of like suits up, he's been living as this ranger for a long time. And then what's the guy who comes to him again? I can't remember the name. I really love the names. He comes to pretty much his time to actually live in your fullness of your identity, which he was actually the son of the king. And he takes up this sword, and it's like this moment where it's so exciting. I nearly played it, but I didn't have enough time. Maybe another day. Um, but we were made for more. So let's jump in. The first one is the belt of truth. What a weird piece of armor. Does anyone else think that? What a weird thing to add into the armor of God. Can we just go? Now, can you see this? <laughs> so let me tell you something. Who's the 90s kids? I definitely did not have one of these or these. I totally did. Um, when I was a teenager. Um, when, when Paul talks about the armor of God, you know, the belts that actually don't do anything, I can wear it around here. Um, Gabriel. <laughs> I told you I picked it on Sarah. I can't help it. Um, is this is no accessory. When Paul talks about put on the belt of truth, he's not talking about like a little bit, oh, oh, like, you know, like look at me now. He's actually talking about in the, in the day of the Romans, um, something I found really interesting is the belt would actually hold all of the armor in place. Without the belt, you actually didn't have the alignment of all the armor. Somewhere you could actually place your um, shield and your sword. It actually firmly secured everything. The truth really will set us free. It says it in Jesus, you know, if you abide by my word, you are my truth. Truly you are my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you imagine you're walking along a path and you're trying to follow a compass, even if you kind of go a tiny bit to the side, which seems harmless, what's going to happen in the long run? You're going to get completely lost. We need to align ourselves with the truth. And for a very long time, um, I would try and do this, but without the Holy Spirit, it is impossible. We actually need the Spirit to reveal to us where in our life that we might be living in half-truth and half-lies. Are there any blockages that you feel like, man, I just can't seem to find freedom in this area. Where does God need to reveal that? Maybe you know Jesus as Lord, but maybe you don't know him as friend. They're the kind of like literal things that we actually have to say, hold on a second, where is the truth that is securing me um, in my path? It is not just an accessory. The next one is the breastplate of righteousness. Have some pictures because I'm a visual person. What is righteousness? It's living right before God, and it's not earning salvation, that has been taken care of. But our lives need to actually reflect a life pleasing to God. And we should pursue holiness as Christ was holy. 
And you know what? Because I'm an Australian, I didn't. I don't like this word, holy. I'm like, just relax. Like, you know, like, just, just stop it. Because it kind of seems a bit elitist. But really, I had the wrong idea of holiness. God says um, in his word, For I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy as I am holy. Holiness is not an exclusive club. It's the pursuit to be more like Jesus. Perfect and blameless. And we can't do this in our own strength. It is through his strength and through his grace. But what does the breastplate actually protect? It's your heart. And the enemy loves nothing more to go for your heart. Because once he has your heart, he has everything. It's not cruel um, to live a righteous life. It's not a mean thing. And I think when I talk to people who don't know Jesus, like, okay, so what can I do and what can't I do? And that's kind of, they're trying to figure it out. But the thing is, it's actually what is best for our soul to live a righteous life. And I've, I've realised that as I have seen it and as life has progressed, I've realised, actually, God, you want freedom. And it does take a moment to go, I'm actually going to choose to live in your ways, even if I cannot understand. In our old house, um, we had this old, like, damp, lots of beautiful trees. There's lots of leaves on the ground because we're not huge on manual labour in our family. We just let the leaves rot and infest. But the problem with that um, is that there was things that I also hate, as you've heard of, like, a few my hated list sounds very negative but it's cockroaches where i grew up in canberra we had little cockroaches like normal humans and then we came to sydney and then there's these ones that are this big that attack you and i swear they're demonic um they're awful anyway but the problem was at night when you used to have to go downstairs you'd have to go outside and walk down just see like darkness crawling everywhere and then with my phone torch i would see thousands if not millions of <laughs> cockroaches and I would every time get response and then one day I was home alone and I heard in the walls and I was like it's, it's, it's like I'm dead but why I tell you that story is um, our environment the environment of the house and the dampness and the just, it was really messy, and there's lots of food everywhere, and just like classic us, just not keeping up with housework. Is that environment actually fostered those rodents or whatever you call it? And it's the same with righteousness. When we live a righteous life for God in pursuit of holiness through His strength, we actually foster an environment for our soul for it to experience freedom. But if we're doing the things that God has said don't do, if it's not good for you, that environment then will actually foster the lack of freedom and being captive. The next one is the shoes of, of the gospel of peace. It says here, for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. And I love it. It says a lot in this verse, firmly, stand firmly in peace and secure in the good news. Now you guys would know a lot about my grandma and I'll never stop talking about her who is parting in heaven as we speak, but she was not a very angry person when I knew her. However, one thing that she got really mad about and that I've really seen her just lose it was when she would hear someone talk about, you're going to hell. She would bring the hell speech to someone like, which technically could be true if you don't live, you know, Jeez, like you're not going to be with him. But she used to get so mad, and it only clicks later on in life why that 
really bothered her. And it's that she said, you know what? God is the judge. God convicts us. We are called to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the greatest love story that has ever been lived and told and experienced is the story of Jesus. And he actually calls us to bring the good news because it is such a good story. And so we are to call to put on our shoes of peace. And I'm going to be into good footwear because my legs hurt otherwise. My knees hurt. I don't know I'm sounding off, but at work I just refuse to wear anything that looks nice because I'm like, I just want to be comfy. Just let me be. Um, because otherwise it's not sustainable. You're going to burn out. So we need to actually rest in the peace. And if we're always anxious, like we just don't last the race. And it also has an element when we're putting on shoes, we're not going to put on our shoes and then decide to take a nap. We're putting our shoes because we're expectant of the battle. We're going to stand firm. We're actually going to go and bring the good news. I love it that Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, compared to the footwear of the world. I need to remind myself of this one because I will burn out pretty quick. I take on those burdens myself. But actually, Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh. I actually bring peace. Is this making sense? Good. Uh, Shield of faith. This is an interesting one. I was doing some research and I had heard this before that in Romans days again when the story um, when Paul was actually telling people to wear the full armour of God, they would actually soak their shields because they were made predominantly out of wood in water. Because in the in the verse you would notice it says here, um, shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So they're not just arrows, just like adding some flames there. He's really trying to take us down here. But it's to soak it in faithfulness, to actually believe in what God has promised to us. And can I tell you something? This has been a game changer for me. When I was experiencing lots of spiritual attacks, young person slash in my life, I was praying, I was reading the Bible, I was going to church, I was doing all the things I thought I should do. Nothing changed. I was still getting hit night after night. And it came to the point where I was so overwhelmed that I nearly gave in and said, I don't want any of this. I can't bear it anymore. But what I realised is the difference was my faith, my shield of faith, is I didn't actually believe, believe the promises of God. I believed them in my head, but my whole being, I did not believe my true identity in Christ, which was and is that I am a daughter of the King, who are sons and daughters of the King, and that actually he's given us authority to fight this battle, that I have worth and purpose, and he calls me by name. So I was saying these things, I was reading it out, but there was no power, and the enemy knew that, until I reclaimed that, that actually I am God's, and you cannot do this because I am his child, and you better watch your back. Faith is so, so important. And the helmet of salvation, like if I was in the battles or the war, you know, pretty easy shots. Go for the heart, go for the head. That's a pretty good way to knock someone out. Um, sorry for the graphic term. <laughs> it's a really important one. And I love this about the helmet of salvation is it has nothing to do with us. It is simply being assured that salvation and freedom is ultimately ours because of what Christ has done. And it's really just accepting the gift. It's like God just saying, here's, here's the helmet, will you put it on? If I go for a bike ride and I have my helmet in my backpack and I come off, 
which has happened, I've thought straight over the thing, that's going to suck. That really does suck, actually. It's going to hurt your head. We need to actually wear the helmet of salvation. That should encourage us that Jesus has already done. He's paid the price. Victory is ultimately his. But we need to put it on and go, yes, Jesus, this is glory to you, not me. It's not about me. You have taken care of it. And the second last one is sword of the spirit, the dagger of the spirit. And this is the living word of God through his Holy Spirit. So again, don't pick up half of this because it's really easy to kind of um, think it's just about reading the Bible. Because again, the power comes as the Holy Spirit actually interprets that and it's in relationship with him. Otherwise, it's just another novel. Um, I can learn a lot about someone through Facebook stalking, Instagram stalking, Google, ask people, hey, what's this person like? Do I know them? No. I know a lot about them, but I don't know them. And I just want to scream this, but I, I see this all the time. And again, learn from my mistakes. It's for so long I knew about God. I knew about him, but I didn't know him as my best friend. And the power comes as you allow the Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, show me who Jesus is. I want to be in a relationship with you. I don't know what this looks like. I'm a little bit scared. I'm not sure what this means for my life, but I actually want to be in a relationship. Otherwise, it's just a, you're just stalking him, come to church, you're hearing about him, but you, each and every one of us, can experience the fullness of relationship with him. So the sword is um, offense and defense, like the only thing that you can actually attack and defend with. Um, and the word of God is living, and it's such a powerful tool for battle. And the last one is prayer, and I'm going to add this one in as a part of the armor because it's so, so important. I love the, uh, the prayer that Jesus prays. It's your kingdom come, God, and your will be done as it is in heaven on earth. We don't need to wait to heaven. We actually can bring the heaven here now, and that's part of our mission. Um, and it's a continuous dialogue. It's not the tokenistic prayer before we eat. I mean, that doesn't have to be tokenistic, but, you know, sometimes I do that. I'm so hungry when I do these things. So I'm like, I can go real quick. <laughs> Usually eating as we're doing that. So that can be really tokenistic, but it's continuous dialogue. God, I'm so angry. Or, like, I just can't stand this person. You know, at work, whatever. Or, God, I'm so sad. Or, God, I just really don't really like that tree. Like, just constantly talking. Being in relationship, connected to the Father. That is our weapon of defense against the enemy's prayer. Man, it is powerful. Um, I'm going to read some stuff out, and, and this is not a comfortable spot for me. But let me say this again. I humbly say this, and the reason I'm going to read this out is because I have been here. But I said to Charlie last night, I'm just so uninterested in church just being a place where we come and we go. Unless we are allowing the Holy Spirit to do work in each and every one of our hearts, I just don't want it. Because I know the power of God and the freedom he can bring. And sometimes we go to this feasting table with all the yummy ham and chocolate and all the things, caramel donuts, it's kind of my idea, the greatest buffet ever. And we go over there and we take the stale piece of bread and we're like, okay, thanks God. And yeah, we're at the party. We're at the party with Jesus. We take the boring stale bread without butter. What's the point of bread without butter? <laughs> There's no point. This morning I just had butter over my bread. But Jesus says, come and feast. I have given you all of these things. 
So let me read out a few scenarios, and maybe you can just right now have a moment to yourself and God and say, Holy Spirit, is any of these that you want to bring to me? Not to shame, but to bring freedom. Maybe you've been a Christian, but somewhere along the way, things that don't seem too harmful at the time get back in your life. can be anything. In terms of progressive society, it's not that bad, right? And so you slowly have drifted. You become a little bit of a compromiser. You try and do the right thing, and you feel like you're always falling short. But you're hungry more. You look for fulfilment in everywhere but Jesus, and life becomes passive as you exclude yourself from the battle that is at hand. You lose the joy that you once found in Jesus. Or maybe you're clinging to your life, holding on to the ways of the world, who for a moment seem more fun, colourful and exciting. But when the noise stops, you realise that you have become a slave to these things, that you, have, that you thought would bring you joy, but now feels like empty promises. You want more, but you are stuck. You can't let go because you're scared of what people might say. Or maybe you're wearing partial armour right now. Maybe you're fully intending to fight for the kingdom of God, but you are taking a hit, wounded time and time again. And you're asking yourself, where is God? Why isn't he stopping the enemy? And you want to give up, and you're hanging on, but need a breakthrough. You need to reclaim the full armour of God right now. Or maybe you feel too busy, you have compartmentalised your faith and you don't realise the purpose God has for you in every moment of your ordinary day. He is calling you to be a presence bearer in your workplace, in your school, in your everyday life. But you have lost the passion, your first love, you have slowly drifted and for good reasons. Life is busy, filled with many good things. But you still feel there could be more, you feel distant. Or maybe... Maybe you talk, walk, smell, and look the part of a Christian. Maybe you actually believe you're fighting for Jesus, but sadly, your armour is plastic. You are playing Christian dress-ups, and the enemy is thrilled. He has you exactly where he wants you. Your hands are clean. You are far from the battle. You have accepted your ticket to heaven, and the enemy has made a compromise. As long as you stay seated, and don't go after the many who are lost and don't know about Jesus' love. He'll let you go. After all, people who sit on their seats in church are not the threat. It's those who live differently and take the presence of God with them. Right now, I just want to say, I feel it. <sighs> Jesus, you want to come and heal our hearts, heal our souls. We don't want to live half our story that you have for us. You want to tear down the walls of the enemy that he has put up in our life, the agreements we have made. You want to bring truth right now and shine your light. And for the whispers right now, let me rebuke it in the name of Jesus that uh, she just needs to calm down. I'm not up for this. The cost is too great. I can't change. Or this isn't for me. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because God's victory, he wants to meet us right now. Lord, we want to live in your great love story. We want to fight in your battle. But first, would you come and work in our hearts? 
Jesus, we want to reclaim our identity, our only identity that matters. Not what we do, what we have, how long we've been a Christian. We want to truly embrace the identity that we are beloved sons and daughters of yours. That you have come and paid the ultimate price through your blood to set us free and to bring the good news to a world that does not know you. Jesus, there is nothing we have done. There's no place that is too far from you. All we need to do right now is say, yes, Jesus, I turn back to you. Do your work in my heart. I cannot do this. In Jesus' name. We're going to listen to a song right now, and I just want you to have this moment with God yourself to pray with him and do the work because, you know what, you don't need people to tell you this is between you and God. And then after that time, I might just ask a few people to come to the side. And if you are bold enough, and let me tell you that pride has stood in my way for a lot of my life. I'm scared of what people would say and think. But I'm just going to ask for courage from the group. If you need prayer, please do not walk out. Let's just get over ourselves. Because the thing is, the freedom is there. And if we can't do it in here and feel safe to get prayer, then we're definitely not going to survive out here. So if you need prayer, please come to the side. We'll have a few people ready to pray for you. Um, you can come in the song of reflection or after, um, and then I'm going to close at the end. But please don't leave here um, the same. Allow God to come and flood your heart.